0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Life of Saint Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 18, chapter 208. In the same year and month, Evangelista Mariotto was prostrated by a severe fever, which allowed him no sleep nor even any rest in bed. He lay there for several days under this illness, and his suffering increased beyond all bounds until one night, about four hours after sunset, he asked for the sacraments of the church to fortify him not so much fearing death as expecting it. One of those with him who pitied him suggested that he could commend himself to blessed Philip to console him. They brought him a scrap of the holy man's clothing, which he accepted with great devotion, dividing it in two. He hung one part around his neck and chopped the other part up small, mixed it with water and drank it. Once he had drunk the potion, the pain ceased altogether, and any food he took was not rejected as before. From that moment, the patient was quite cured through the intervention of God. It was about the same time that a nun, consecrated to God named Julia, was suffering great pain in her sides and bowels. The illness was so acute that she was in constant pain both day and night. On the doctor's advice, she tried several remedies for her illness, but since they did not bring about the slightest alleviation, one of the sisters suggested that she should try the same remedy as Evangelista had. And when she did so, she found herself very soon restored to health. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God our guardians dear to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, Teacher of Teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, Apostle of Rome, Choices of Priests, Vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Galonio does not explicitly say this, but Evangelista Mariato was a priest, he was a canon of the cathedral in Viterbo. Viterbo is about 80 miles, 100 kilometers north of Rome. And it was from the 12th century onwards, um, a place that the Pope would often go to, especially if he needed to get out of Rome, if he found that there was a lot of trouble in Rome, if he felt his safety was in, in jeopardy, they would often go to Viterbo. And Viterbo grew in in importance because it was a place the Pope often visited and lived there. And there's a great cathedral there. So Father Evangelista, Father Gospel, we might say, that's what his name means. Mariata was a priest, and from that cathedral. The other person healed tonight was a nun, Julia. Now, why does our faith have nuns and priests? Well, both, except for rare exceptions among some priests, are celibate, that is, they're unmarried. Now, a priest shares in Christ's own relationship to the church. Husbands, love your wives, St. Paul says, as Christ loved the church. And so Christ has a spousal love for the church. Christ loves the church as his bride. And when he chose the 12 apostles and made them his first priest of the new covenant, that is a mediator, that is someone who offers sacrifice. And what's the sacrifice they offer? They offer the sacrifice of Christ himself. They renew to the power they have of turning bread into his body and wine into his blood, they have the power to renew his sacrifice, to offer sacrifice, to offer the humanity of Christ to the Father, to offer all of humanity with Christ to the Father, then to make present his sacrifice to bring God's gifts to men, their mediators, go-betweens, bridges between heaven and earth, And the priest shares in Christ's own spousal love for the church. He's given the grace at his ordination to be married to the church. And this is part of the reason why a priest does not get married. And even if he is married traditionally, he lives as though he weren't married. Because once he becomes a priest, He is bound to the church and therefore can't have another wife. He can't consummate a new union. But what about nuns? Julia the nun who's cured today, cured by the same method of drinking part of Philip's clothing. Well, a nun in her own person has an even greater vocation, as it were. I mean, there is no greater vocation objectively than to be able to stand in the very person of Christ, the head, and to offer his sacrifice and to forgive sins and confession. There is something superhuman about that mission. But the nun's vocation is to have a much more direct relationship to Christ himself. She looks at all the men of the world, and the nun says, There's only one man for me, Christ himself. And so the nun in her own person represents the church, the church which is the bride of Christ. And the grace that's given to the nun and all the females who make the act of consecration, they participate in the church's relationship to Christ in a unique way. And they, when they make their final vows, are united to Christ in a kind of bride, and groom relationship. This is why if you see pictures of Carmelites like Saint. Edith Stein, what happens when they make their profession before they're clothed in the habit they get dressed up in a in a bridal dress, white dress and everything. They process in, decked out beautifully and then then during the ceremony they change they're laid, they lay prostrate on the floor and they're covered in a black cloak, in the sense that they're dying to the world. But in both cases, the priest and the nun, when they make this promise of celibacy, they don't do so because marriage is evil. If marriage were evil, what would be the great sacrifice? No, marriage is a great good. Marriage itself, as we've talked about, is the symbol, the ever-present symbol in the world of Christ and his church. But the celibate priest and the celibate nun give up that great good. They give up the sympathy that only a wife or a husband can give to dedicate themselves to Christ as a sign that the Christ's bond, Christ's himself, is what's primus, primary in our life. There was a primacy to our union with Christ, our bond with Christ, our relationship with Christ, which is more important than any other human relationship. And to remind us of that, we have celibate nuns and priests. And also to remind us that this world is not all there is. There is another world. And so God calls certain people to forsake the great good of marriage and to follow him in this path. And if you have that calling, there's great joy in it. There's great peace in it. He who can accept it, Christ said, should accept it. I wish all were like me, St. Paul says. But each has their own grace, their own calling. And so the best vocation for each of us is to follow the vocation that we have. And our path to sanctity is to follow the vocation that we have. If we want to be holy, we have to do what the Lord asks of us. Whatever the Lord asks of us, He will give us the grace to do. And maybe you feel useless, maybe you feel tiny. Well, remember tonight's reading. Father Evangelista, had a tiny piece of cloth, tiny piece of cloth. And what did he do? He cut it in half. He made it even smaller. But that small piece of cloth, he then cut up into even tinier pieces. He chopped it up. Maybe you and I are that represented by the little tiny piece of cloth that he drank and he was cured. And by that cure, he was able to say mass for many more years to great good So let us take confidence. Whatever our calling is, the Lord has use of us. The Lord wants to make use of us. And there is no priest who does any good unless behind him are all kinds of people praying for him and sacrificing for him. Like those little pieces of cloth that priest drink. Never give up. Never think that you cannot help the church. Never believe that your life is useless. However small, however tiny, however seemingly insignificant you seem, pray, follow the Lord. And as he said, those who do the will of my father are my brother and my sister and my mother. There is a spiritual motherhood in the church, a bringing forth new life. Every priest who does any good has a spiritual mother or many mothers behind him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.